For me, the narrative that our country is going down the drain, I refuse it. I believe mm. South Africa is a dope country. I believe South Africans are one of the most talented, some of the most amazing people. I see it when I go overseas. People like it when we feel the way we do. We shouldn't allow them to be excited. We should stand up for our country. We should change the narrative. That's mm. why we're on the internet. Mm. We should be the ones that are saying, no, guys, there's a lot of money in South Africa. Mm. It's a dope country. If the person can do the job, let them do the job. Yes, prioritize our people. Sure. But we have to start putting people in positions on merit. People have to be able to do the job. This thing must end of getting into government, um, even departments at a certain time. People are on lunch, you are waiting there for the whole day, mm. and people are just dragging their feet. And there's just <laughs> a, no spirit of motivation mm. in any department. That should end. The Caesar and Bofu Welsh Experience Podcast. Spread the fire. Welcome back to SMWX. And today I am extremely excited to bring you a media innovator, an entrepreneur, and a culture shifter par excellence, DJ Smoo. Welcome to SMWX. Dr. Susan Bofu Walsh, I'm humbled. Thank you, brother. It's really, really great to have you here. And, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind when I think of you, having seen you at different points in my life, but also understanding your contribution, is longevity in a series of industries where longevity is supposed to be a myth, you know, from music to entrepreneurship to culture to digital creation. And that longevity takes dedication, it takes vision, and very few in, in our country's history have actually managed to be at the forefront of so many different industries for so long. How do you do it? Uh, it's, I think, first of all, I appreciate you invi inviting me to the platform. Of course. I think we, we had a great chat when you visited our platform, I think about a year ago or a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I was checking out a, an awesome interview that you did um, with Penuel. Mm, that was beautiful. Mm, mm, for sure. And I was just checking out last week, uh, or a few days ago, the one with Zuleika. Yeah. That was beautiful. Oh, nice. She's incredible. That? She's yeah, incredible. I was hearing her for the first time, actually. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's also just amazing with this opportunity we have with these platforms now to, to give people that space and just allow them to speak. It's not like TV or radio where you have to get cut off all the time. And you just see people like how brilliant and wise they are. And it's kind of like a new way of seeing people. I um, totally agree. Yeah, I yeah. think it's because on the mainstream platforms as well, we're always chasing time. Mm. We have to go to news. We have yeah. to go to ads. We have to play the music. Yeah. And people never really get a chance to express themselves so much so that um, whoever's got a certain agenda mm. or whether that agenda be it um, clickbait numbers or mm. whatever narrative it is that they're trying to get from the interviewee that's what they run with yeah and that, that's what is out there and then it deprives the the audiences or the south african public or let me just say the global audience because mm. now we're on the internet mm. an opportunity to actually hear more from um these these amazing south africans because a lot of them as i've been doing a lot of interviews a mm. lot of these south africans are dynamic yeah I, i've heard a lot of people who say to me geez i didn't know how incredible um 
but andilem kaitama was up until mm. I listened to your podcast. Yeah. All along, I used to think one, two, three, and four. Absolutely. And they would say that a lot about a lot of politicians. Yeah. Um, you know, because of how that space is. Yeah. But I guess I've been blessed. I've really been blessed. I think God yeah. has been great. Mm. Um, and I think I'm one of those kids that is a hard worker. You know, I always say hard work will always beat talent mm. when talent doesn't hustle. Mm. Hustle will always beat talent. Mm. No matter how talented you can be, but if you're not putting in the work, if you're not applying yourself, committing yourself, mm. be intentional about what you're going for, at some point, you know, you're just going to be another person who's talented like everybody mm. else. Mm. But those that are probably the most mediocre people that you might look at from maybe class or from sports or from whatever it is, whether singing or dancing, and mm. you think that person is mediocre, but if they've got their work ethic mm. and they're willing to put in their work, no matter how difficult it gets sometimes, and they'll go in year after year, I'm not even saying month after month, I'm saying year after year, yeah. year in, year out, five years, decade seven years, decade. 10 years in. Mm. I mean, we've just lost Keenan now. A lot of people just got exposed to the amount of work he's been putting in for the past two mm. decades. Mm. I think those are the people at some point, as the industry evolves, as this world evolves that we're living in, will forever be um, in the forefront of um, whatever they're doing. Yeah. Like me, I'm in the media space, and obviously now a businessman. I'll always be in the forefront mm. for as long as I keep on putting in the work. And it doesn't mean as I put in the work, I always succeed. I've got a lot of failures, but I'm just one of those people who never gives up. So one thing I've always wanted to know, and I think you're the, the perfect person to ask this, right? Is in terms of music, just to go there for a moment, because like your, your catalog, but also your life in music. I was just looking at this yesterday and it, it's actually mind boggling how many different things you've been either an artist for or behind what does it feel like when you mastermind a hit and you take an idea because i've i've never i mean touch and go is kind of like <laughs> a, a mini cultural hit within yeah. hip-hop you know yeah but like i've never seen what it feels like musically i'd love to one day to be like we were in the studio we had an idea we had a strategy and then you actually see it like, and you've seen this like multiple times, like now it's a hit. What's that feeling like? And, and what's that process like of taking something from idea to a cultural phenomenon? We're actually having this conversation this morning. I was visiting a correctional facility mm. in the sides of Tuana this morning. So I was with guys in the car and we we're just talking yeah. about the same thing. Like I was saying to the guys and to young guys, I was yeah. like, the worst thing you can ever do to yourselves, guys, is to hate on anyone, especially an artist, an mm. up-and-coming artist, because mm. you'll hate on somebody and then they, they, they blow up or they get a hit. You are going to hear that hit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to... Yeah. You'll be going to... You'll be hearing their song yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't benefit you in, in, in hating them. <laughs> but um, I think in the beginning, once you get into the game, you don't necessarily have a formula. Yeah. Because you um, you're trying to get in, you're trying to get in, you're just trying to all, you're trying all sorts of different things. Mm. I tried all sorts of different things, mm. Mm. and that's why even when I broke through and got into the industry, I never stuck to just one thing. Yeah. Because I kept on trying campus radio. I was just down the road. Now it's University of Johannesburg, UJ. Mm. At the time, it was um, Vets Tech. Vets Tech. Yeah. I used to go there. Um, 
I was part of the 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 UJFM, which is the radio station on, on, on campus. Mm. At the time, it was called Channel T, and I was at the Dorenfontein campus. Right. So I was trying my hand at, at broadcasting. I was trying my hand at producing radio yeah. shows. Yeah. I was trying my hand at being part of the reg committee and being one of the guys that help out the other teams in organizing the, the concerts and the festivals on campus, mm. bringing in Botebe, inviting Bo Atama Fukate, Bumdu back wow. in those days. Wow. Little did I know that I'll get into the industry. Mm. Um, and then I was also going for additions. I used to belong to an agency called Gaino. Okay. Um, Gaino is also just down the road here in Auckland Park, and I'll mm. always um, be appreciative to Gaino for giving me an opportunity, and and a whole lot of us. I mean, there's a lot of us in the industry mm. that we got our, our, our Gaino as our agent at the time, yeah. who was like some sort of a a mother to a lot of us at the time, but she also had employees that were working who became more closer to us. A more closer employee of Gaino's at the time was a sister by the name of Lisa Mudisakwane. Now she owns her own agency called Legends. She's now responsible for even more talented people in the industry. Mm. But at the time, she was an employee at Gaino. And she used to say to me, don't give up. You know, I'll mm. keep on sending you to these auditions. Some, most of them you're not going to get. But yeah. it just takes just that one. That one to change your life. Mm. And I remember I got shortlisted for a TV show called Castle Loud. Um, wow. I was going to present Throwback. It. Yeah, throwback <laughs> with Sis Unati. Mm. She was on Idols. Mm. Shortlisted with Stone Theater from Pongo Mafia. Wow. I was a nobody. Wow. Stone mm. was from Pongo Mafia. Sure. From immediately when I knew that I was shortlisted with Stone, I was yeah. like, ah, it's going to go to the Pongo yeah. Muffin guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I was so close to it that when wow. I lost it. So you, you were nearly the Castle Loud. Yeah, wow. presenter. Wow. That was going to be my first big break to break into the scene. Those who remember Castle Loud, comment down below. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then I missed that. Mm. Um, I mean, I remember I was, I was so heartbroken mm. when I was speaking to Usis Lisa. I was like, maybe this thing is just not cut out for me. Mm. You know, maybe I'm not meant to be in this entertainment business. I've been wow. going for auditions for like four years now, Lisa. I've only gotten like, what, two ads. The one paid 1500 mm. The one paid, you know, I was just getting extra parts. I, I literally wanted to give up. I remember after Castle Loud, I wanted to give up. She said to me, don't. Mm. she pushed me like she was my own blood sister she's like don't don't just don't give up with this mm. thing you never know probably your next auditions mm. yes you've been going for auditions for four years going to a ball casting directors changing a lot of taxis going to all these different casting directors auditioning mm. sometimes you walk into an audition you see a lot of famous faces there you're like yeah mm. i'm not even gonna get this gig there's all these Kromla Tandalas are here. Mm. The Tumisho Mashas are here. The Zem Kosis are here. Who the hell am I? You know, some kid from Tembisa. Um, so I tried a lot of different things. Mm. Um, obviously, music being one of them. I yeah. was very passionate yeah. about music. Little did I know when my first break or where my first break will be. But I somehow find a way that when I broke into the industry, everything just kept on complementing each other over the years. I think mm. that's the reason why I've had longevity in the industry because I've been able to, when I'm not releasing an album that year, I'm dropping a book. If I'm not dropping a book, mm. I'm on radio. Mm. I'm on this radio station. I've got a hot breakfast show, a hot afternoon drive show. Sure. When I'm not doing radio, maybe I'm off radio for two years. I'm releasing albums. I'm touring. Mm. If I'm not doing albums, I'm, you know, so my career has just been busy. If I'm not doing this, I'm shooting TV shows. If I'm not shooting friends like these, sure. I'm, you know, and just to finish off that story of auditions, mm. three months later, after I wanted to give up, uh, not getting cast aloud, yeah. I got friends like these. Hmm. 
Friends wow. like these went on to become the yeah. most biggest and the longest running game show in, on South African television. Right. It literally introduced me to the entire um, South African household. Hmm. But even till today, a lot of the feedback that I get from a lot of people that give me love, yeah. uh, a lot of it is because of friends like these. And it literally took me to families. It, I grew up with a lot of people. Mm. I get honored and I get humbled when I find 10 and 12 year old, 12 year olds still today in 2023 yeah. who know me and who show me love. I'm like, wow, I never thought that I'll be a 40 something year old and still mm. appeal to like young kids. And cause that's like, those yeah. are like my children's, wow. those, those are my kids, yeah. right? But it's a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm very humbled and I'm appreciative. God knows that I thank him all the time. And that's the reason why I always hold that responsibility to pass it on mm. to younger guys. And then in terms of like the musical world, right? Because that's one world that you've, you've really um, in many ways mastered, been at the forefront of in different generations. Like there's so many moments I was thinking just in my own life, firstly, like yeah. um, like that was just... I was in high school at the time. Massive. That TS era. Yeah. Um, Brown Dash, Puff and Pass. Yeah. So like that era. Alone. Then there was the Remember When It Rained. So I was just then like Zahara. Oh, it's just so many eras. Like, do you have any, any interesting stories from those moments of music? Maybe things behind the scenes that people didn't see or just what, what it was like to... To, to take these things from ideas to become these massive musical moments that are now ingrained in the, in the fabric of our musical history. Yeah, and sorry for not answering your, your previous question exactly and correctly. There's just so many no. moments in my mind. And, and, we've, and we've got time, bro. We've <laughs> yeah. got time. Like, for instance, album uh, when they were recording that was mm. done in 15 minutes. No. Yeah. Kukanga Matola was done in 15. Yeah, it was done in 15. And that's how genius, that's how much of a genius DJ Cleo is. Mm. Um, TK Nguiza, yeah. who is now in the office of the Premier, working closely with um, Premier Mr. Panyaza Lisufi. Sure, and he was your partner at He was TS, my business right? partner at the time when I was the artist. Mm. And, you know, he was the, the partner, but handling the business side of um, yeah. TS Records. We... We saw it fit to work with Cleo. Cleo was an amazing, talented producer. Up and coming at the time, he was not the DJ Cleo wow. that everybody knows him to be today. Hmm. But there's something that Lance Stir from Motherload. Yeah. At the yeah. time, he used to own a company called Ghetto Rough. Sure. Um, and TK. There's something both of them. And let me also include DJ Fresh in the equation. Because mm. DJ Fresh saw, saw a lot of um, potential in a lot of us that a lot of people didn't see. Um, Lance, DJ Fresh, TK, those are the three main people that would pop up in my head right now as the people who saw potential in myself and Cleo. Yeah. Because those days I used to spend a lot of time with Cleo. I remember the, um, the YFM days. We used to go to YFM to go DJ there. Um, we used to enter DJing competitions at YFM. At some, time, at some point we'd compete with, with each other. Mm. There used to be a student... Um, accommodation in in is it is it way not Waverly, um, student village man student village was in next to when you're going to Alex, what is that Louis Botha what is that area mm, that is Waverly actually. I forgot what that area passing yeah. Waverly going towards Alex 
yeah, further sure. down. But anyway, yeah, yeah there sure. was student village there. Nabole Tabo, we were all young and starting out. Mm. Cleo wanted to get on. I wanted to get on. We'd hang out at some, at, you know, from time to time. Mm. And um, sometimes, you know, somehow our, our our journeys went their separate ways. Although we'd meet from time to time, wife am getting into competitions. But at some point, when we had started TS Records, TK wanted to work with Cleo. Mm. Um, and he wanted Cleo to be the one that does the Mzaga Zaga project. Um, we were, there was just a few of us. It was just myself, TK, it was Uspiwe, may so rest in peace. Uspiwe, real name for Brown Dash, Uspiwe mm. Mpamile, um, was still alive. A brother yeah, called Sanele, as well, yeah. Jamini, um, who else? Myself. Yeah, just a few of us. Mm. And then TK at the time was working for, he, I think I don't know if Lance fired him or he left Lance because mm. he got a, a greater offer with a company called In Time Inc. In Time Incorporated. It was owned and ran and CEO'd by a gentleman by the name of Mr. Von Eaton. They were managing um, the late great Duduz um, Shabalala, known to all of us as Mendoza. May so rest in peace. Right. They were managing Mendoza's career at the time. Mm. TK was working for InTime Inc. Their offices were in Sunning Hill, further down Rivonia. Mm. They were about to close in Tambama, Ngaboma 5 6, Ngalingati, like Ngaboma mm. 6 in Tambama. Mm. And I think we had just gotten to those offices late. They had a, a studio, on the, like a rooftop studio. Yeah. And it was so late that Vaughn, I think he had somewhere to go and it was like, but guys, but guys, I think we were late or something. Yeah. We only had 15 minutes. <laughs> um, Zakes got into Stu, Cleo, TK, myself. I don't know who else was in there, but the voices were laced in 15 minutes. Wow. But then that file, Cleo took it with him to go yeah. do his magic. Yeah. Um, and then Kukangamatolo wow. came out of that. Yeah. Moments like Abu... Um, I remember when the guys were composing that came mm. out as a gimmick. Mm. Um, guys coming from the Northwest performing. And this gimmick just came from a guy called Usanele Jamini. Mm. The guys were singing in the car. Yeah. And just singing in the car and were recording those chants that they used to do in the car. And we used to just freestyle. You know when they say musicians are jamming. Yeah. But yeah. just freestyling whatever. Whether we are singing or somebody's yeah. coming up with yeah. a gimmick. You know, those are the moments that create songs. Mm, and in the mm. early hours of the morning, Sanele Jamini came up with that When we got to Joburg, the following day, it had to go and be recorded. I remember the moments when TK gave me a call in the early hours of the morning telling me around World Cup time, mm. um, working in the Eastern Cape, my friend Parks, and saying, Swo, I'm at a place called Talamanka, and there's this poet. She is incredible. I remember how he was hmm. screaming over the phone, how excited he was over witnessing the talent that was Ubulelo, wow. who's known today as Zahara. Wow. I remember the moment our office was down the road here in Richmond. I remember the team at the office, us um, brainstorming names yeah. on what names are we going to give our next act. Mm. Um, and I remember us writing names. The Zahara name was written by, by me. By the way, the whole team <laughs> knows. Remember, guys, we all wrote names and we put them in the bar, you know. But wow. all, each and every one of us had to write a name and we, we all had to have a meaning for that name. Sure. And the name that was pulled out of that was going to be the winning name wow. that, you know, we were going to. Yeah. Um, I remember those moments. I remember her backing Usisintla and Tlama Figuzolo and she was working on her solo project, learning mm. a lot of things from Usisintla and mm. She was housed and stayed at Uputike um, and Usisintla's home mm. while she was learning her music game. I remember the moments when 
Greg Maloka at YFM pulling me into his office and telling me, you've been doing graveyard for so many years now. I think it's time that now I give, I, I say, I remember his exact words. I think it's time that now I, I change your life for the better. How did you uh, feel in that moment? Like, can you go back to that? I can. Yeah. How, how would you feel? How would you feel doing a, a YFM afternoon drive show? Mm. Yeah, and he does oh. that meeting. And why was like the pinnacle the thing then, yeah. of youth radio in the country? Absolutely, gave me the drive time shot slots, and um, and then he just told me I must go think about it. And he even gave me an offer of how much they were going to pay me. Yeah, I was like, yo, afternoon drive finally. And this is after years of doing graveyard slots, yeah. of believing that one day I'll do a better show, yeah. of believing that my time is coming of producing for others, mm. of learning from Moses Unati, learning from Root Boy Paul, learning from DJ Fresh, learning from the late, great Kabzela, may so rest in peace, mm. learning from Majota Kambule, Fed Joe, learning from Moses Cindy, hmm. learning from Semi T, learning from AK Mkaka Shabalala, learning from Mrs. Pindi Kule. Mm. I was just that fly on the wall at YFM. There's just this young kid who is just used to like hanging around YFM studios. I was just always there all the time. Interesting. From moving from that to being offered an afternoon drive time show mm. obviously changed my life. You know, those are all the moments that I can remember in, in my mm. media space, in the music space, creating magic in studio. The next thing you know, your song is is, is crying everywhere. You're getting yeah. calls from DJs. Yeah. Your song is number one. How do you feel? Wow. What's the message for DJ Spoo for the country? Yeah. Um, you know, and you're winning awards. The next thing you know, people are asking for your autographs. People scream yeah. when they see you. And just your life changes, man. It it's really been an does. amazing journey, bro. Wasn't Dando on TS? Yeah. So I must tell you a story about that. And, and you, you mentioned um, Kiernan as well. May his soul rest in peace as well. Um, so in Entity, the rap group that we were in, we, were, we had just released our album. And Dando was the biggest thing in the country. But like he was, he was people didn't know he was the biggest thing in the country yet because it was kind of like a movement that, that, that like was growing. And we were due to perform after him at a, at a university. Yeah. Worst performance of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we, were back, we were backstage, you know, when you're waiting to go on. Yeah. And Dando goes onto stage and everyone just goes wild. <laughs> and we're just like, hip hop wasn't even a thing. We're just like. He, the crowd went wild, and then after he came on, it was like, and now, Ish. entity, and we ran Sometimes on. The and MCs <laughs> make it worse. You know, I'm like, they, I'm, they would even say something like, "Are you guys yeah. ready for entity?" Yeah, and there's like, a silence. <laughs> and I just remember like how big he was then, and like thinking about the work that that goes into making these things, you know. But also for for that, like, Kiernan became so big, but people just don't know these things in the like you have to do hundreds of gigs where no one knows who you are you know until you actually get to that point and it's it's just about this long, longevity thing you know where things look like they happen overnight but in actual fact they're all those moments the fly on the wall the waiting the graveyard shifts um the gigs where no one knows who you are and then suddenly things just just pop you know and that moment where things just pop I don't know if you can actually like describe it to someone else. You know, you know what I mean? Like when you feel like, wow, it's, it's actually happening. Yeah. When, when you feel it, you can feel it. Yeah. Like those are yeah. the moments when, um, 
I'm getting a call and Lisa says, you've been shortlisted for friends like these. Mm. Uh, for some reason, I feel like this is the one, my darling. Mm. I really feel like this is the one. So we'll make sure that you're early. Mm. Make sure that you dress the part. Mm. Let's kill this short. Um, they used to call it shortlisting. Mm. Shortlist. And then I got friends like these. Getting friends like these, doing friends like these. Five, six months down the line, Greg Maloka sits me in that office. You're going to do the afternoon drive show now. Yeah. From that to people now, they want you to come and DJ and they're offering you way more than, I mean, some people even charge themselves, you know, they'll, they'll make a call and they say, this is all we have. Mm. Yo, this is not even <laughs> like, like close to what I'm charging. Mm. And then, you know, and then you're winning awards. Those moments when you're starting to hear your songs on the radio, you're starting to get invites, people are sort of starting to give you some money here and there for things. Sure. People are now willing to pay you for things. Some people might not offer you big monies, but people are starting to mm. want to pay you for things. Mm. You can feel that your life is changing. Yeah. Um, for me, it happened early. I was, I was like 2021, um, 22. I was just those years. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you're not used to fame. You're not used to all of these things that are happening. It's happening for the first time. And mind you, when I was 18 or 19, I had a show that I thought would be my biggest break, but it never became a big show. It was a music talent search show also on SABC One. It was called mm. Kumba Fire. Mm. This was way mm. before um, Idols. That was before sure, Idols, but sure. it was the Idols format type of a mm. show. Mm. It didn't become a big show or blow up very big, but it sort of gave me, you know, sort of one yeah. leg into the industry yeah. while I was still going for auditions, while I was still doing my, my radio graveyard slots, yeah. while I was still, you know, while I was still pushing and hustling and they were not paying me much money, but it was a good entrance into the industry. Mm. But when your life does change, it happens so quickly. I always say to people, all of the years of hard work that you put in to get to a certain point, um, when, you're when the biggest breakthrough happens, everything happens quickly. Mm. I even make an example to people. I say, your life will literally change in less. A month is even too long. Hmm. It can change in seven days. Hmm. It can change. Yeah. Like things just happen. And then people start calling each other. Whose song is that? Who's, is that hmm. Swoo's new song? Hmm. Calls are coming in. Hey, we've got a show next week. Can he even come? Hmm. No, can he? And then the, you're already booked in, in just a matter of a few days hmm. of your song hitting radio. If it's a hit. Hmm. That is if it's one of those. You know, the, some songs get a, a hit that build up. But there are some songs that they hit radio and they're instantly yeah. a hit. Mm. And there are some songs that might have bubbled under in the streets before they hit radio. Mm. They, they sort of hit the streets mm. and radio sort of catches on. Mm. Mm. But mm. Um, I've seen a lot of those moments where you're playing it, the DJs are playing it for the first time. And yeah. TK was so brilliant that he had a good relationship with a lot of the biggest DJs at the time. Had great relations. Nabo, Nabo Casey, M. Trouble was was hosting the afternoon drive show yeah i'm giving you guys now young musicians a blueprint on how you blow up a, a, a single definitely having definitely. a good relationship with the biggest djs okay. not that you're buying them to play the music but you are hyping them up so much so that when they back announce your mm. artist song mm. you know that you've got such a great relationship with them that they'll give it that energy mm. here's a brand new one from ts records or whatever that makes a huh. difference as opposed to just playing a song that's that was whoever because that's detail like a small detail that can i was i was listening to you talking about how i'm not sure if it was the remember when it rains era or or after but thinking of the way that music and was being consumed within taxis and then forming relationships with taxi drivers giving them cds so that they could play the music and then it would kind of spread organically like i was like 
That's what we did with TK. We had learned from how Abu Atha Mafugate would tell their story of yeah. how they started their companies, how Abu Mdu started their companies, mm -hmm. how, how Abu Oskido and them started their companies. Yeah. Tina, when we were selling music, there were still physical sales. Sure. There was CDs sure. and there were still cassettes as well. Mm. There used to be a very big music um, retailer at the time by the name of Mr. Faisal. Uh, he owned Konji Faisal, not, not Musica. It was big. They used mm. to sell music like reliable records. Mm. Yeah, mm. Faisal owned reliable records. So if you've got relationships with 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 um, with the big DJs, mm. and you are able to to ask for some favors at some point, sure. when I'm dropping a new artist, yeah. can you can you play it at this time? Mm. So in the morning, TK TK had relationships with Linda Sbia. He had relationships with DJ Fresh. Hmm. He had relationships with Glenn Lewis. He had relationships with all the big DJs, the sure. afternoon drives and sure. the, the morning drives. Mm. So Tina, the artists that were at TS, yeah. when the music would break, yeah. TK would have lined it up so much so that it, it's all making noise at the same time. Interesting. All these DJs, in the morning, you had Linda Spears speak highly mm. of the song mm. from another station. And then on the station, Glenn Lewis is speaking highly of the song. Mm. Justice or Just Ice on the other side is... Hyping the song up, Uban wow. Bano on Saturdays. So in the wow. space of a week, yeah. we're able to make so much, this was even before social media, mm, mm, make sure. so much noise with our new artist release or artist mm. single that um, we would literally go gold in a week or two. Wow. Literally blow up like that. So, I mean, that's how we, we pushed Uzahara also when we yeah. released her for the first time. That's how I remember some of my hit songs. I remember Ilengoma. Mm. Oh, what a massive song. People like, yeah, we see Sibu, but who's that girl? Who's that mm. girl who's singing there? Mm -mm. Who's that girl? And this song is hitting radio for the first time. Seven Days was enough. Lengoma was a big song. Wow. But it, it paved the way for people saying, who's that girl? Sure, sure. So much so that a few months later when we dropped her album, Loliwe, mm. it became um, the second biggest, if not the um, biggest selling um, South African album of all time. Mm. This was after Umam Brenda Farsi. Mm. But, um, but yeah, it was incredible. It, those were experiences. Those were moments. Yeah. Um, we're killing the music game. Dando, we did the same. We did really well. Within Dando, he didn't take off immediately. Mm. His first album was a good album. Incredible album. Yeah. And Dando is very diverse. He's also a... He can rap. And he can hmm. also do dancehall. He can do raga. But when he joined us, and for us to meet Dando, we're introduced to him by... She brought hmm. him to the studio. Hmm. And he was doing raga. He was rapping and doing wow. his thing. And TK was like, I knew what I did. That seems that. But there's just something about you that's yeah, that singing. Can. Focus more on that singing. Mm. It's the mm. same thing mm. when Pro joined TS from Galo. Sure. There was, a, there was an intentional advice, Yuguti. Yeah. You're dope, but you're, you're doing more English than you're doing with Vernac. Mm. You're spicing up your beautiful raps with Vernac. Sure, sure. And you're doing more of it in English. Try to do it vice versa. Mm. Do more Vernac and spice it up with English. Yeah. And Pro did exactly that. Huh. Um, so all of those moments, man, moments with all the guys in the cars. Um, I had a great time with some of them have passed on. Brown passed on. Yeah. I met a lot of people in this industry. Some have passed on. Abu Mendoza. Mm. It was great um, being inspired by Abu Mendoza and being in the same rooms as Abu Mendoza. It was great being a vet tech and seeing TKZ take off. 
to being in the same rooms na bukabelo and you know i remember how competitive we were and how competitive i was just with kabelo at the gym actually this morning mm. and we, we're just always chatting about family you know we family men now yeah and then i was hosting him on my podcast a few weeks ago we were just talking about how young we were and how highly competitive we were and how mm. that made us friends and so much so that a lot of people actually don't even know that when we when we were competing with Kabza, we were also friends behind the scenes. Mm. So much so that Kabelo wrote a song from Zege Zege called Foster and Jungum Zege Zege. <laughs> Kabelo Mabalanel wrote wow, that song. he wrote that. Yeah, and then Manja Speaker produced that huh. song. You wow. Know? So wow. stories like that, where people are like, oh, that song, that's how that song came up. I mean, yeah. I remember when we were shooting the Remember When It Rain music video, it's mm. got Trevor Noah in it, on his come up. It's got Lebu Matosa on her come up. May so rest in peace. No. Remember it's When got... It Rain has Trevor Noah in the yeah, video. Yeah, man. I need to there go is, back to that. There's Lerato Kanyako in there. Wow. She was young. There's Somizi in yeah. there. He what? was young. There's Shashi Naidu in there. She was young. Like, we're all just Crazy. young. Yeah. And yeah. all just came together, just doing this music video and just all supporting each other. <sighs> that song, like, again, I must tell you, like, so I spent a year in the Eastern Cape, particularly living with my family that lives is Lalin. And that song was just like the soundtrack of the Eastern Cape in 2007. Like I just, so my cousin would drive me to the airport and he would just always have Remember When It Rained On. Like that thing was just massive. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah. yeah. That but, was massive, bro. Bro, I also wanted to speak about fame because I was I was actually listening to Black Coffee's interview on Mac G. Um, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I've, uh, s- I've seen some clips. I need to give myself some time to check like it out. It's like 15 hours. So I, I, was, I, was, I was actually <laughs> yeah. watching the interview live, but I probably oh, watched like 20 minutes of yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Not sure. all of it, yeah. He said something interesting on there where he was talking about how he he has had therapy just in terms of dealing with fame and just dealing with being this commodity that people throw around and and you know there's the icon that that's out there and the, the image of you that's out there and then there's you as a person and then you know sometimes they're attacking the image and you start thinking they're attacking you but you have to be like no they don't know they don't even know who I am you know and we, we've just mentioned like RIP so many times already, just thinking about the industry. And I think you're someone who has probably seen fame more than, than anyone in many ways. Like you've seen different generations of fame. You've known everyone who's been famous in South Africa for like the last two decades. Like what are your reflections on fame, dealing with it yourself, but also having witnessed it and you know, the difficulties of, of fame? That's a very good question, bro. But it's also a complex question. Mm. I think the first thing I'll say is how it was for us then, it's what it is for kids now experiencing fame through their social media fame, mm. as you may call it. Mm. That consistent eagerness to want to keep filling or, or exciting this dopamine and mm. feeding it, mm. Um, it's like you get a hit record, you want another one. You want the moments that you know you felt when you were making mm. that. Those screams of the people from you want to make a better song. Yeah. Or, there's no, there's no like the feeling of when like people are screaming or like, bruh. yeah, what it does to you. Shame. That's why other people don't recover because 
it's easy for you to think they're literally screaming for you. Mm. They love you. Mm. Mm. Um, it's exactly as, as Unati, Nati was saying, mm. Coffee was sure, saying, sure. with a lot of them, they don't know you, right? Mm. They think they do. Mm. A lot of them just love your work and they're embracing your work. It's easy for you to fall into the trap of really thinking, Guti, mm. these people will die for you. And other mm. musicians have got cult following or other entertainers, they've yeah. got, or politicians even. Yeah. You've got a cult following where people, you can never do wrong in their eyes. No matter how wrong you did, they don't care. They just support you. And mm. you, you get that type of love. Mm. Michael Jackson type of sure. stance, sure. right? Um, but it doesn't happen to everyone. To everybody else, it's the moment at that time, it's probably that song, or it's probably that TV show that you're hosting, or it's probably mm. that soccer team that you're playing for. Yeah that makes you think that now you're bigger than Kaiser Chiefs or you're bigger than Orlando Pirates. Mm. But it's just because you're wearing that Orlando Pirates jersey or that Manchester jersey. Mm. Mm. And over time, you'll actually see it for what it is. Yeah. But at that time, when you're in it, you know, you can easily get clouded. Mm. You can easily um, fall into the trap of being used by people for, you know, mm. your social capital. Mm. Either they want to take you to places so they can benefit out of being around, being with you, or they can open sort of certain doors because you are next to them. Yeah. Or either, um, so you can fall into that trap easily because girls are showing you love or they're showing um, the Dr. Sizum Pofu Walsh that they see on TV mm. or on, on, on these cameras or on these shows, love. And then you think they know you, they care mm. about you, they love you, etc. cetera. Mm. But also just in dealing with it, you know, you must be okay with the fact that there's just that window where, you know, I'll probably be the hottest thing yeah. Or I'll probably be, you know, in my youth, I'll, uh, who puts it well? Actually, Jay-Z puts it well. I mm. forgot what interview mm. it was, where he talks about having to stretch this window for as long as possible. Sure. And having to, what you build with this hit record or what you build with when you are playing for this major team, mm. are you able to then stretch it so long that it sustains, for, it sustains you for the rest of your life? Yeah. Yeah. Are you able to extrapolate it into being a brand, getting into businesses, doing endorsements, getting into partnerships, mm. doing greater things. Because mm. you might not necessarily be that young artist who's got number one songs for the rest of your life. Yeah. It, yeah. It, not everybody does that. It's very few people who do that. It's actually, even Michael Jackson, on his last days, he wasn't sure. as the Michael Jackson that we knew when mm. he was younger. Mm. right? The Beyonce that we know now, yes, she's hot. Yes, she's got a lot of money. Yes, she's amazing. She's successful. But she's not the Beyonce that she was then. Mm. Same mm. as Jay-Z. It happens to every artist. It yeah. happens to every entertainer. Yeah. You get older, you know, your, your aspirations change or whatever things that you get involved with um, change. And as you mm. grow, it's just totally up to you. How do you deal with it? Yeah. And that's why you do have to seek therapy. So um, you don't have to fall into things like, you know, mental health, mm. etc. But mina mean, I mean, I mean, I Estratin, Konabo Mapava, Konabo's Tabis, Konabo Samson, Ez Trapa, Ninu Kichimis, Izinja. So you are just in that environment where Eskela, we are Lahi, we are Lanziwa, or Shaman Kombani, and Yakura. You're literally coming from that environment that, mm. and I don't want to say that um, it makes you a person who will be able to handle any situation, but for some mm. sort of mm. way, how, how I've handled my fame, mm. I've always looked at it as that street that I grew up in. Interesting. Or a scale. 
we calling Moses Nangan, your corners ring and blind, corner no mangains are in his or corners Nangan and no mangains in Toyantas, Nanda was in Nanya anyway. Yeah, Conalizing or Conaliz, so it's just up to how do you how do you react to things that happen to you? It's not necessarily the things as you were saying. Yeah, some people might be tugging you. Because you're trending, they want mentions, yeah. they want likes, yeah. but they may not necessarily know you or even have bad feelings towards you. Mm. They were just saying it because everybody else was saying it. Yeah. So when, as somebody who's on the receiving end, if you can get mature enough to understand this era that we're in, mm. that it's exact same things that you were going through when you were young, at school or in high school or in your street when you're growing up, but they're just amplified now yeah. that you've got all these people who are willing to say anything Sure. So you shouldn't take any of those things personal because a lot of those people, they don't know mm. you in person. And sometimes, yes, it does hurt when you read a lot of it. And that's yeah. why I always encourage people sometimes to be, don't read a lot of it. Like, mm. Don't read every comment that comes your way. Mm. Read mm. some mm. comments to get a bit of an idea as to what people are saying out there, but don't be yeah. so absorbed in the, not even just comments, just social media. I think a lot of people have, we are so much addicts of social media and this is all of us. Mm. Mm. We are all addicts that we are actually not even aware how far in we are in. So true. And you know, when you produce like like we do, when you have to actually make videos and all of that, it, it can suck you into consuming because now you want to see... The response. How, exactly. The feedback. And then yes. before you know it, now you're not even on your video anymore. You're just... In, you know what in, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's what happens. Mm. And it's not easy. Shame other people mm. come from different backgrounds as well. They can't handle criticism. Yeah. That's why other people fall into um, depression, mm. you know, and, and the deeper you go down that dark hole, the sad and worse it's going to get for mm. you. Mm. That's why you have to always uzbambe, either sure. take a social media break yeah. Yeah. or either just um, focus on, you know, the great things that you know about yourself yeah. and just celebrate those things and keep doing those things. Mm. Sometimes just put your, put your phone away, just do activities that yeah. make you you. Go play soccer, go play netball, go play tennis, go swimming, go jogging, sure. go sure. to the gym, go hiking, go mm. take a, you know, a long drive. Just do things outside of the social media space. It's mm. not easy to mm. stay away from the phone. Mm. You can see it even when people ask you, just leave your phone over there. Yeah. It's like... An hour is enough. You already want yeah. your phone back. You know, yeah. you're already back on those apps. Yeah. But you have to detox. And it's not easy to handle fame. It can be a drug. And sure. um, for the worst or for the better. Other people see it for what it is and they can take advantage of it and use it to their benefit to grow themselves or even build companies and mm. grow others. You know, what's been interesting for me over the last few years, I've been doing this channel now for four years. It's um, been four years now. Four years. Congratulations. Thank you. Doctor. Yeah. No, it's... and. Finally, I mean, look. Maybe, By the way, I'm one of your earliest subscribers. I remember. I'm I remember day that one. so well. <laughs> like, you you know how to spot a good thing before yeah. it's before from the beginning. You're that's like, always yeah. been one of your your talents as yeah, well. Yeah, but I've always it? known what that thing is going to be. This one, really, this is the one. Yeah, now I, I was like, I remember seeing DJ Smoo is now a subscriber. I was like, wow, okay, we must be doing something. Yeah. But like, it's been. We were talking earlier. Now it's really taking off. Um, but it's been four years of, of, of hard, hard slogging and hard work. Um, and it's, but one of the interesting things in this journey for me has been seeing these two worlds of culture. Because I, I started off speaking to like more people in the culture and entertainment industry as well as politicians and, and political analysts. And then I slowly started moving more and more towards just politics. Um, 
but I noticed so many similarities between the two worlds. Like I remember there was this one year where I went to the IEC result center and the whole political world is there, right? Every political party leader, every journalist, you know, everyone is there, all the diplomats and all of that to see who's going to win an election. And then because it was roughly the same time of year, I was also at the summers. And yeah. I, I saw all like all the big musicians and whatever. And I was like, these two things are exactly the same. It's like the, the, the egos are similar. You've got some people who are genuine for sure, but you also see like when fame is involved, fame is involved in politics just as it's involved in music, you know? And it's, it's funny how we see those two worlds are so different, but actually I think you and maybe me to some extent kind of see both of those worlds together at times. It's, um, it's a beautiful space to be living at this time that we're living in right now. Mm. I was saying this to the inmates um, at the Zonorvater Correctional Facility that we're on mm. today. You know, some guys are young there. And I'm like, guys, as much as you're going to get out of here and go hustle, but here's your solution. What you want to guys, what you what you guys want to do is start setting yourself up for being able to afford at least a certain bundle of data every month so that you've got the internet. Mm. You can make your life so simple by getting into the internet. They don't ask for a criminal record. Go open up. I was just giving them a simple sure. basic format on how they can just get started. Mm. I remember actually I was even at some point when Jup Jup came out of prison. I was the guy that Jup Jup, you know. I set up that Instagram account. Wow. <laughs> he came for an interview. Have you got shares in that Instagram account? <laughs> no, it's okay. It's my boy. But I, I showed him. Yeah. This is how you open it and all of yeah. that stuff. And he was telling me when I went into I prison. set up my father's Twitter account. So. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have shares in that? Yeah, no, sadly. <laughs> and then that's what I was saying. Gents, I don't touch it anymore, by the way. It's not me behind that account <laughs> now. Okay. <laughs> you know, so... Um, Gents, your phone can change your life. Mm. Open all of your social media platform. Mm. Choose what, luckily the inmates that I was with, they're in the creative space. They make music, some mm. sing gospel, mm. some sing I'm a piano, some dance. I mean, it's just the creative guys. Yeah. And I was like, already, luckily you guys have been doing what you're doing for many years in here. You mm. already know what you love. You already mm. have mm. got something that you're doing daily, yeah. which means that's what it has to be. As you get out of here, you get data, you open social media accounts. As you get out of here, you open up a YouTube platform. You keep on doing what you're doing, but you just film it and post videos daily. Yeah. Even if it's three, four, or even if it's five, even 10 times a day, if you have to, because it's something you love. Mm. It's going to take some time, but that's going to be your new life. Mm. Forget that old life of having to give of having, yes, you can still do that. But the easiest way on how you guys are going to amplify mm. your, your hustle is through the cell phone. So anyway, yeah. The world that we're in right now, you see a lot of politicians take advantage of the social media, these social media platforms by being populists. Mm. Some of them actually even see it. That, oh, okay, people gravitate towards my rhetoric when I say things this way mm. or when I type this way. It's or like a I, hit or like a certain sound in the music. Like, exactly. Okay, like this, you yeah. know, and, and, they, want that, and they, they, mm. they want that feedback again or they, they want that type of response again mm. and they end up becoming... Those types of people, when you find that actually they're not really those types of people, they're just mm. manipulating this social media thing that we mm. all have. Mm. And yes, the two worlds are similar. Sure. You've got the biggest musicians um, who rightfully so put in the work over the years and have mm. gotten to the top where they've got a biggest following. Yeah. And they've got a following that sometimes um, owns the narrative on whatever it might be. Whether they're releasing a new album, whether there's a story about them, they're able to 
take whatever is written about them, whatever is said about them, mm. and own the narrative in their own way. Why? Because they've got a very big following. Mm. It's the same with politicians. Some of them are not necessarily genuinely, but just for their own benefit, they're able to take advantage of the situation and just, you know, make it, uh, but use it to their favor. Yeah. And then you've got other musicians who would like to be like that other musician who are climbing up the ladder. Some of them who are not social media savvy. Same with politicians. But um, then you find politicians whom you think are really good people and they would do well if they were to get into office. Mm. Um, and then some other people, you find that they get in there, they get contaminated into you know, this group of other people. They end up not being the people that they said they would be to the people. Yeah. And then you find a lot of people who are not really caring about people. You've hmm. got a lot of people who care about their own pockets. Hmm. You've got a lot of people who care about just populism. You've got a lot of people who care about views, likes, and engagements, hmm. both in politicians and musicians. Hmm. And you've hmm. got a lot of musicians who've forgotten that they're musicians. Musicians now have turned into fashionistas, which is great. Hmm. It hmm. goes with the music. It's your image. Sure. But you are more of a fashionista than now we know you for your music. Or you are more of a controversial figure who's always tweeting and posting about one, two, three, or four more mm. than your music. Mm. So we don't no longer know you for uh, for your music anymore. It's the same same mm. in politics. Mm. Mm. So we're living in an interesting era. I think it's up to a person what they make of it. But uh, I think they're both careers. I think they're both great careers. You really have to care about people. You will mm. be criticized a lot. You have to care about the South African public. You will be in the public eye. Whatever you put out there, yeah. be ready to um to take the criticism yeah. and be ready to be questioned on it mm. and um and and mentally you have to be a strong person and i always advise people to be to have their faith in check and to be very rooted in the principles the values that they were brought up under and the simplest way i put it i always say just find god in your life man i think there's just this big war all over the world against god you know, the fight is a spiritual warfare that we're in. And I believe it's all of it is against God. Anything that is godly lately, you find it is, it's either being, um, you know, it's, it's, it's either not being taken seriously or just, there's just a lot of things that are happening that you can just verbally see that everything is hidden in plain sight. Everything is just against God here. All, all, all I need to do is to go read my Bible. If I've read my Bible five times in my life, I have to go reread the Bible, remind myself whose I am, whose do I belong to, what, 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 what am I really living for? What is my purpose of living on this earth? The past couple of years, I've worked so hard in, in building um, um, you know, one failing company after the next, one failing project after the next, mm. a few succeeded here and there and gotten so caught up into being this entrepreneur that sure. wants to do great things and change the world and you know build this biggest brand and so much so that I became, and I wouldn't give you the proper definition of a capitalist, but I believe mm. I was becoming this much, so much of a capitalist that for me, it wasn't who I was from back in the day. I've mm. always been somebody who runs an education foundation. Mm. I'm about giving. I'm about helping other people. I'm about being a community, having that community spirit. Mm, mm. But I just changed into becoming this capitalist that, that, um, and I don't even know if it's correct for me to even call myself uh, that, that I was becoming. Sure. But I just had to apply some breaks and be like, yo, mm. you know, yo, hold up. Like, who are you? Like, mm. do you even know your family? Where are you from? 
Do you mm. even know your father's 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 father? Do you know if do you even know your great 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 grandmother? Have you even gone by? Have you even tried to go that far to mm. go research your family as who you really are? Who are you really, Smu? Do you mm. even know your history? Do you know the history of the Babedi people? Do you know the history of the Swati people? Do you know the history of Tembisa? Do you know how Tembisa came about to become Tembisa? And all of those types of questions led me to start going through um, a spiritual journey where mm. I sort of, I don't want to say I withdrew from business, but I think we had worked so hard enough with my partner to have even built our company with systems where our yeah. company is able to function in our absence, where I could I could be allowed or I could allow myself to go through this journey that I've been going through over the past couple of years. And and reasons why, you know, you'd have people saying, I'm hugging trees, am I crazy? I'm letting my hair grow, I, I look ugly, why am I not shaving my beard and all of those things. And some things, some things are not to be explained. Mm. You know, some things mm. other people will go through them at mm. their own time and when they're ready, mm. right? And um, for me, this has been the most liberating and the most beautiful um, journey mm. that I could have ever chosen. Uh, uh, journey I could have ever chosen. I'm glad that I went this route. I've grown. I know my family roots. I know whose I am. I'm learning so much about myself. The difficulties that I've had to go through building my business and just the challenges that I've had in my life have made me this amazing man that I believe I am now. I believe I'm an incredible father. I believe I've helped so many people's lives. I do know that I'm inspiration to a lot of people, but I also, I'm not under pressure to want to explain to the public what am I going through? People should leave me alone and blah, blah, blah. And I'm also never mad at people who criticize me. I'm also never mad at people who say, you look great when you are, you know, when you are suiting up, when you had like that bold head, when you, you're looking good, man, look at you now. Mm. I never get mad at those people, right? I'm, I'm a mature 40-something-year-old man who is going through his own journey at his own time, taking his time, and who's just enjoying life and who's enjoying being a father, enjoying being a family man, enjoying what he's doing. And um, mm. you know, mm. I'm just so comfortable in my own skin that when the time is right, um, and it's actually what I'm writing on on my own book now. Okay. I'm announcing it for the first time on your platform. Oh, wow. I didn't want to announce that I'm write, I'm writing a book. We're here now. <laughs> anyway, I'm yeah. pouring it out on all of this. I'm pouring everything onto yeah. this book. So wow. people will actually understand what has okay. this man going been going through. Okay. And sometimes it'll be better than to explain it properly on yeah. a book. You know, then I'll put out the book around uh, what they would call the African New Year, the 23rd of September. Lovely. Um, yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to just, you know, to keep on growing and becoming mm. a better man, either in the music space or either in just being what people would call me a leader out there in society, but just playing my role the best way I can in being a khrutman in this country, you know. And what khrutmans do is to pull others along, is to share information, is to care for others, is to pick up the phone and check and make sure that other industry peers or younger guys are good. The khrutman has to be able to make sure everybody else eats when he's able to get his big plate, he can share with everybody. A khutman is somebody who's a bigger brother, who's an elder, who's able to show the way to the other younger guys, right? Mm. That's what that's what khutmans are meant to do, right? And I believe um, I'm on that journey, and I believe I'm doing a great job while I'm learning 
from, from my younger guys. I'm learning from my predecessors. I'm learning from my mentors. I'm learning from life teaching me. I'm learning from some of the challenges I've had to overcome myself. It hasn't been easy. I've lost, I've, at some point I lost it all, Mr. Caesar. Hmm. You know, I mean, I, I was young. I was one of the youngest guys to drive the flyest cars. Every other car I've ever dreamed of, I've driven in my life. I remember, man, when we were coming to, <laughs> when we were coming to YFM for, for interviews, I was like, do you know what cars DJ Smooth drives? <laughs> Like I, and and from from young like from from either nineties or early two thousands you've been yeah early two thousands like, yeah, man yeah. yeah I was doing my thing and yeah. um yeah. I failed and I failed quickly and I failed forward mm. I got it all at a young age with no proper training or proper um mm. um I'd say proper knowledge of of how to handle these little riches that yeah. at the time because I was young I thought I was wealthy I yeah, had arrived yeah, sure. I lost it all. I huh. lost it all. And it was hurtful. It was sad. It wasn't nice. It was a difficult process for one to have to pick themselves up from scratch, mm. lose things. And, and it's nice when you invested in things like property where you would sell that property over there to sort of raise a bit of money mm. to come back. And you know, when you're selling property, it doesn't just sell in a month or in just two months. Sometimes it might take the whole nine months to sell and you're going through the most here. Moving into a small, humble one bedroom flat in town. I remember I stayed in a, in a building called the Franklin in Johannesburg. One of the first people to stay at the Franklin back in those days. From staying with my Dane Fern, mm. from staying mm. in all those mm. amazing mm. northern mm. suburbs, from driving all those sports cars yeah. into bumping into some vet students at the lift. Oh, can the DJ spoon now, Willian? I said, you're like, yo, I fell off, boy. Mm. Like, but, but, but you can't have that mindset of mm. I fell off. It's like you keep a strong, you keep a strong mind. You go to the gym. You read the books. You have your time with God. You think about your children. You think about their future. You think about bringing yourself back. Mm. Whatever you're doing, focusing on it, working on it daily, and you know, you just keep crawling out of that dark hole that you're mm. in. Whether you might mm. be going through depression, whether you might even have never had what you call success before, you're still trying to go for it, and you're at a later age, maybe you're in your fifties, where you feel. You know, you're too old for doing anything. I always say to people, like, just numbers. We're so used to, I should have done this by this age. I should have done that by that age. Mm -hmm. I saw a beautiful clip from Joe Rogan where he speaks about it. Like, Joe Rogan speaks about it. Uh, there's a clip of him that I saw. Mm -hmm. and, and I say that to people all the time. Like, yeah. you might be in your 50s. You might be in your 40s. Absolutely. You probably might never even have tasted what other people call success. And mm. you're still just climbing. It's just that consistency. Yeah. It's just keep you keep trying. And there are different seasons, bro, of, of life. Like, you can be killing it at... 20 and then you realize oh the the 30s game is different and yeah. then killing it at 30 then 40 you know so i think this era people are just in such a rush as well and, and killing like, it for you might not be killing yeah, it for me absolutely because probably absolutely. i just want to be the best father mm. i want to be sure i just want to be sure. at home with my children mm. i want to homeschool my children mm. for me that's success having babies yeah. that i'm homeschooling yeah. Yeah. that are there with me daily yeah. just the the happiness that I get out of being with my kids, oh, driving them to school for those no that take their like kids, that. you know, yeah. for success, that's that for other people. Other Absolutely. people's success is probably just being a great teacher to my class. For sure. For so, sure. you know, other people are killing it, maybe yeah, then making a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So we're all different. And I just want to encourage and motivate mm. our brothers and sisters out there that um, as long as you're still breathing, you know, Mina, Absolutely. I look at it like there is no tomorrow, there is no yesterday, there is only a now, you know. And yes, tomorrow I'll call this moment yesterday but I only have got this moment and I can only create my tomorrow out of what I'm doing now. So for me, every day I gotta be productive. I gotta be doing or moving a step closer to my oh. vision. 
So having said that, bro, um, one of the things that fascinates me about what you're doing at Hustlers Corner, shout out to Hustlers Corner, Thank obviously, you, like, share, subscribe Hustlers Corner if you're not already there. I mean, you don't need SMWX at this point. Like, oh, um, we need each other, but, bro. We need each other. Um, it's, it's a great platform. And Thank you. What, what's interesting about the platform for me is also that you're interviewing public figures. You're speaking about political questions as well. And you, you have taken that brave step of confronting social issues as well as questions of, of culture. And we have an interesting situation in the country right now where there's some conversation about what do people who may be called celebrities or who are well-known, I know you're more than, than a celeb, but you're also really well-known. I think up to this point in our country, the ANC has in, in many ways been able to co-opt those voices, right? And, and basically use them for, for their own purposes. And, and I'm sure a lot of people, you know, believe in the ANC themselves. But now we face a time where people are expecting maybe people to speak out a bit more about just the state of our country. Um, how do you feel about the situation that's playing out in South Africa right now? You know, we've got load shedding. We, it just feels like the nation is just... It's at one of its lowest points, you know, and how do you feel about that situation? I know you interview a lot of people, but I often wonder, like, what's your view? And, and by the way, I'm not saying you have to, like, criticize the ANC or whatever. Maybe, maybe you have your own view on that. But it does feel like often within the entertainment or in the world of people who are well-known, they, 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 they play it safe. And I understand why, because you've got relationships Things can get damaged if, if, you, if you speak out. But at the same time, it's like our country's at the point now where it's like, if we're not speaking out, then it could, it could get even worse. So I know that's a lot, but I'm just interested in your perspective on where our country is right now and, 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 and what we do to get it out of this, this crisis. Uh, it's a very good question. I think the first thing I'm going to start with, uh, I'm an optimist. Right. Mm. And being the optimist mm. that I am, I believe so much in the country. Sure. And I also do believe that um, mainstream media plays a very big role in sort of um, setting the tone or a narrative in the country. Mm. And a lot of us who watch the news a lot or read newspapers a lot and you're always hearing about this, you're always hearing about that. It's very easy to be drawn into thinking this is how the country is. Mm. You need to remember the whole world, how you see it is all in your mind. It's all in your head. It's like people, a lot of us always say, I believe there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money that's flying around everywhere. Mm. And I just believe that um, it's just how you look at it. When you look at it like, you know, that's, that's what you see. Sure. For me, I believe there's a lot of money even in the system. Mm. And I'm also one of those people who sometimes, when I say, but guys, it's easy to make money though. Hmm. And people get mad at me when I say that, yeah. right? But it's because that's how I see it, Mina. And I, that's how I choose to see it. Mm. That's how I also choose to see South Africa. I'm a very, I'm an optimist mm. and I believe we are in a great country. And I do know there's a lot of references about us going uh, towards our brothers and sisters next door, the sure. next door, the Zimbabwe way. And, and I've always believed that is just also a tool that they always just try and dangle to scare us. Mm. Zimbabwe, mm. 
Mm. Don't come down. Mm. One, two, three. Shush, shush. Mm. Type of thing, mm. right? Mm. Mm. And so I kind true. of feel this country is incredible. This country has got a great future. I believe this country has got the most talented young people this world has ever seen. That's why any of us gets out of this country. We thrive wherever we go. Yeah. It doesn't matter whatever field we're coming from, science, we're coming from sports, we're coming from, you know, entertainment, acting, music, whatever it is. But because there's so much greatness uh, saturated in one place, we are so used to being great and we're so used to each other's greatness that we're actually not aware of how great we are when mm. you grab a pool of us and just put us out there on a global sphere. Mm. I think we kick butt on everything, on a lot of things. Yeah. We are amazing, right? Yeah. And f for me, I attribute that to the continent that we're in and the part of the continent that we're in and the reason why everybody loves or loves our country, not only for its resources, but for everything else that it brings forth. You know, the weather is amazing. Mm. Cape Town is amazing. The Eastern Cape, the Garden Roots is amazing. Yeah. The, 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 the energy in Johannesburg, the love from the people is amazing. The humility of people in Mpumalanga, in Limpopo, the richness in culture there. We are such an amazing country that we are so, we are so much not aware of it mm. because we are so much being bombarded on how bad things are. Now, with that being said and being put aside, I want to say to you, sure. yes, uh, I was also even listening to Vusi Timbiwai's interview. Shout out to um, Vusi, back in the country. Welcome back home, bro. Um, we've, we've, um, oh, anyway, I was just checking out that interview and uh, mm. I, I also saw a lot of people getting mad at him. He said a comment along the lines of, um, if we're in the apartheid era, please don't, don't, I don't want to paraphrase him wrong. If we're, but some, some, something along the lines of, if we're in an apartheid era, the apartheid police would have found the person that shot AKA, I think he said within 48 hours or something like that. Mm. And he went on to say other things. I do believe that we've destroyed a lot of things. Hmm. I do believe that uh, a lot of things are not working, especially just simple things mm. like train stations. Mm. How that stimela station used to look like vis-a-vis mm. -vis to how it looks like now, it's, um, it's disappointing. How downtown Johannesburg looks now, vis-a-vis -vis to when we were young, how it look, used to look then. Disappointing how Hillbrow used to look, look like then. Yeah. It's disappointing. But even though these guys were evil, that were presiding over this evil system, or, 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 or whatever, whatever system it was, it, it was declared crimes against humanity by the whole world. Mm. We do know that it was an evil system. Yeah. But the infrastructure that it left behind, none, none of it is, is alive today or even better. But yes there are a lot of good things that have been done, you know? You cannot deny, you know, some of the roads that we, we, we walk through around. You cannot deny some of the beautiful things that have been, you know, um, um, made better by the present government. I'm very disappointed, though, at a lot of our leaders. I'm very disappointed at um, the dream that uh, some of them have sold out. I'm very disappointed that we would get to a point where we're living so nice in this room that we forget everybody else out there. I'm very disappointed at people who grew up in poverty themselves, who know 
what poverty can do, who know the pain of poverty, who know the, the stresses and what poverty can, the damages that poverty does, even just mentally. We're only still trying to recover. Even some of our parents or their parents, only mm. now we're still trying to recover from that trauma, a apartheid, yeah. how damaging it was that me now, because I'm a DJ school, I literally forget about how other people out there are struggling. Mm. I cannot just only look at the positive sides and just look at the great things or that I see myself or the or the privileges or basking my own privilege of being so-called a celebrity or a DJ's boo mm. that I forget a Ntswaki a, a out there, a Letokhonolo out there, a Busisiwe out there, a Mangmang in Muleji, a Sizagele in Guamashu. You know, I understand the social ills that we're going through in the country. I'm disappointed at our yeah. leadership. I think they can lead us better. I think mm. everything trickles down from leadership. Mm. And actually, I think it's the whole continent. I really don't believe we've got the best leadership we could have ever had. I think yeah. we are still going to have a... They say sometimes for things to be great, they have to go all the way down. Or, or And I don't want to use words like destroyed for them to come mm. up. But I, mm. I believe... There is a great future for our country, man. I believe we are incredible, dynamic people. I'm disappointed at a, at a, at a lot of the political parties who don't want um, to give young people an opportunity to emerge, mm. um, young mm. people to be you know, inculcated and, and, and involved in all these different government departments. I sure. guess it's their time now. I know that a lot mm. of our leaders have done their thing. They've served their time, but I think it's enough now. Mm. I think a lot of them actually should be even voluntarily retiring. And I think uh, all the leaderships, not only just the ruling party, I think all these different parties, they obviously need to, uh, you know, see a way for younger people. But I'm also not saying that mm miraculously you'll have young people and things will change sure, young people sure. do need guidance but they also come with that youthful energy don't mm. they don't they come with beautiful brand new ideas that can be nurtured and be guided by you know older people don't you know there's a lot of ways with this ai that is evolving the world that we can use to um to make our country better We've seen over the past few years, young people have emerged just in business alone, let alone myself and More Fire. Just the sneakers that I'm wearing, what sure. Theo has done, sure. what Likau has done. I thought you were going to bring some More Fire for us to, to show. <laughs> I didn't know because yeah. I think Caesar is going to think I'm taking no, advantage. Yeah. Now no, I'm advertising no. my More Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I didn't Don't bring. Don't worry, you won't get punished for, for uh, get showing fire. More Fire here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember I was you actually, you'll, you'll get celebrated for doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe I built yeah, Mofi yeah. with my partners. Sure. We didn't even know what we were doing. You know, sometimes we'd be so confident and so loud about it that some people thought mm. there was just these hundreds of millions that we are hiding somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But we, we didn't have anything. We yeah. just believed in our confidence and just that energy but of working together and building something together. It feels like it's it's actually growing though as a brand, as a as as a as a platform. Like I saw a truck the other day. Yeah, we're growing, yeah, man. Like, God has been good, my brother. Yeah. We've got trucks. We are, our penetration has grown just beyond Gauteng only. Mm -hmm. We are all over the country. I always just want to appreciate our clients, people who believed in us from the beginning, our earliest clients in the informal sectors, the, the cash and carries, the, 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 the wholesalers, and just all the big clients that we're getting now. Last year, we've just signed up ShopRite in Gauteng. Thank you mm -hmm. guys for signing us wow. up. Thank you wow, to wow. Engine. We've opened up Toto. We've sure. opened up Spa. So we literally are growing. Mm. But I'm just saying, b besides us, I've just seen, I can just name just easily 10 brands yeah. Yeah. that are literally exploding and just, just shows you the dynamism know, that comes absolutely. with that youthful spirit. And, and the thing is, like, how do we take that dynamism and convert it into 
the country at large because it feels like there's this new generation of young black brilliance but it's disconnected from the political system so like we are doing all these things despite the the governance of the country and we just accept okay like it's going to get even harder now and even harder but we keep succeeding even further and further at some point don't we need to start those conversations where we actually say no but in fact the country itself must now must now change and maybe we need to be the people to to at least try to change the political side as well. And I'm not saying everyone needs to become a politician, but I often think like when I see the kinds of things you did with music and then with More Fire and then with Hustler's Corner, right? That's taking something from nothing and then building it to a cultural moment that changes culture or changes the trajectory of, of music or something. Don't we need something like that politically, you know, in the country where we find each other somehow, you know, and, and say, we now need to create a new wave because if we let the country go, it's going to crumble in our hands, you know? And so I often wonder like, why, why are we so scared to have those conversations as well? Like why not the whole country itself? You know, I think there's a lot of dynamic people within these political parties mm. There are a lot of dynamic young people. Mm. Um, there's a lot of dynamic young people who might not be in politics, but who might be even more informed than politicians. Yeah. There's a lot of young people also who might have been educated overseas who've come back here. To, yeah. I mean, with your skills yourself, sure. you've sure. gotten some amazing education overseas and the great work that you're doing back here at home mm. with mm. that knowledge. There's a lot of dynamism within these political parties themselves. Yeah. For some reason, those young people don't emerge mm. into the high echelons mm. of leadership. Mm -hmm. With that being said, there's also a lot of dynamic people that can change this country and take it to the next level. Definitely. But we also, I think, in this country, like the spirit of, um, I have to do it myself. Mm. I don't have to wait for anybody to come and save me. Mm. I don't have to mm. rely on politicians. Yeah. I have to do it myself. I have to go out there and do it myself. But then... Doing it myself also re, re, in, requires me to be with other like-minded people of the same energy mm. where we are fighting a common cause mm. and um, for the good, mm. for the greater good of society. Yeah. I think you are correct. That's why for me, even in my platform, I embrace those types of um, voices that think differently. Because mm. I'm mm. like, everything that we've been doing hasn't been working Probably these young voices that a lot of us look at sure. and we dismiss as either they're lost voices mm. or, or whatever. Mm. Maybe they might just have some great ideas yeah. that yeah. might spark, you know, um, some young minds, uh, young mm. mind out there. Mm. You know, those young minds might just end up becoming greater leaders even in the future. Yeah. You've got the likes of Abu Nota. You've got Abu Sizo, Dr. Sizo Mpofu Welch. You've got Abu Penuel, the, the Black Pan. You've got Abu Big Daddy Liberty. I don't know if you've checked out that podcast dope dope content there mm, mm. there's a lot of great dynamic south africans bro sure and a lot of them um i think only um, you see it on tiktok i absolutely. mean look at tiktok absolutely. i just just see the energy that is on tiktok absolutely it's like imagine if this type of energy is not only in politics mm. but is but then again you you've got other you've got um i mean Peñol spoke about such a beautiful clip 
of Obamwelet's um, Mbeki. Sure, sure. When he speaks about the history of this country and the system that we're in yeah. and how it, how it came to um, what it is now today. Mm. Sometimes we can all be great and all be dynamic, but when a system is set and it's like that and it yeah. doesn't change, that's what also stifles other countries. Mm. Yes, we do look at countries like about Singapore who were able to get rid of um, poverty in what, like in a space of less yeah. than three decades. Yeah. Even China itself. Mm. At some point many years ago, China was a poor country, Absolutely. bro. It was a poverty-stricken country. Absolutely. But they were able to turn it around, and right? That's, that's the thing just about where we are here. It, it feels like the narrative has been set that this can't change, that unemployment is unemployment and it's always going to be unemployment. And, you know, the infrastructure is just always going to be like this and it's like other countries have in a matter of decades eradicated those things and we're not even talking about doing those things anymore because we've become so used to the disappointment that's what i mean when i say other people like it when yeah. we feel the way we do Absolutely. we shouldn't allow them to be excited Absolutely. we should stand up for our country mm. we should change the narrative that's mm. why we're on the internet mm. we should be the ones that are saying no guys there's a lot of money in south africa mm. it's a dope country mm. our country is not going down the down the drain even zimbabwe itself the way it's being spoken about out there sure. in the world it's so negative as opposed to you going into Zimbabwe and seeing how many opportunities are in Zimbabwe, how wealthy Zimbabwe is. I do know some people will get mad at you when you say that, sure. but actually, in the true matter of fact, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe is wealthy. But where do all of those minerals, or who do mm. they benefit? It's just like mm. in South Africa, yeah. right? A lot of people can say all of this narrative about how our country is going down the drain, there's no money here. Mm. All of these men, over 52 minerals, bro, that get mined here, that leave this country on a daily basis. Mm. Like all of that, we just need to change certain laws. We just need to, I don't even know if, you know, I was interviewing Tlantalax the other time. He was mm. he was speaking about not believing that in politicians is huge. anymore. It's got like half a million views or something. It was a beautiful... And I told him before we started, I, was, I said, this is going to be a big episode. Mm. And also, you know, him, he was saying, a lot of people think I'm xenophobic. And mm. I'm not. And I need an opportunity to also clear that out. And obviously, I've moved on. I'm also no longer with Operation Tutula. But I want mm. people to understand what Soweto, Soweto Parliament is about and what type of a young person I am and what's in my mind. And we got into that type of a conversation. He also does not believe in political leaders as well. Yes, we do know also a lot of our political leaders have sold, sold out the struggle. A lot sure. of us have disappointed us in becoming celebrities themselves and yeah. not really being... Um, caring for our communities and, mm. and you know making mm. the change that is supposed to be changed in their positions that they're in. A lot of them are just basking in glory and mm. blue lights and just enjoying that success that they have with those big salaries or some of the opportunities yeah. that they get. And that's disappointing because a lot of them we know, if not all of them, come from poverty. Mm. So anyway, for me, the narrative that our country is going down the drain, I refuse it. I believe mm. South Africa is a dope country. I believe South Africans are one of the most talented, some of the most amazing people. I see it when I go overseas and all of you South Africans who travel, you know, Whatever country we go to, wherever we go, you know, I'm sure you were also mm -hmm. in the UK. People used sure. to be like, you from South Africa? Mm. And they used to be just so amazed. Mm. And just being from South Africa on its own is a conversation starter. And you just see the brightness and the dynamism of all these South Africans. And you're like, but guys, and even with the Zimbabweans as well, I wanted to make that example sure. that sure. I've met so amazing, brilliant, intelligent, incredible Zimbabweans all over the world yeah. where I always feel like, which is the same feeling I have with South Africans. Why don't we go back home, all mm. of us? Mm. And Peñol says it all the time. It does not require all black people to be united. It requires sure. a certain number of 
like-minded, yeah. like-minded, dynamic, mm. young black people yeah. to be like enough is enough. Yeah. Even if it's just yeah. a thousand of us, absolutely, or just ten thousand of us that are just going to start something that's just going to shake this country mm. and take it to the direction at which it's supposed to mm. go to. Mm. You know, mm. but then again, it goes and boils back down to policy and laws. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's uh, a fascinating perspective, and I'm glad you you've you've thought of that, like because. It's going to come from those unexpected places, you know, because we've tried the same political stuff and the parties you know what I mean? and, and it just doesn't work. Bro, yeah, so I'm, I'm really glad you're, you're thinking about it. Um, and maybe next time we come together, we can we can talk about it further. Um, and even just offline, it'd be interesting to talk about it with you because I've been thinking like I'm also called into a lot of these spaces as someone, you know, who's studied the right things and you know, done all the traditional things that would expect you to go into politics. But I'm like, no, I'm not the person, or maybe I'm one of the people, but it's about bringing together people from a lot of different unexpected places and finding something new. It's not going to come from the same places you, you always expect it to come from. Yeah. And, yeah. and I feel like maybe we as people from different backgrounds who care about the country need to actually start thinking and talking, just just being like, what do we do, you know, positively to, to, to make sure that there's another generation that's better than this one? What know? is a meritocracy? Absolutely. For me, I believe people should be in positions on merit. For sure. I believe we put in friends there. We put in people yeah. who are there with us when we're struggling. We're yeah. rewarding them with positions. We're putting people there for our own benefits Absolutely. so that they can, you know, channel the monies our way. And that is unfair. Definitely. To the millions of people who are living in this country under poverty. I really yeah. do think in each and every position, in any government department, in all of the government departments, yeah. it doesn't matter whether they even make an example and they say whether the cat is black or whether the cat is white, as long as the cat can catch the mice. Mm. If the person can do the job, let them do the job. Yes, prioritize our people. Sure. But we have to start putting people in positions yeah. on merit. People have to be able to do the job. This thing must end of getting into government, um, even departments at a certain time. People are on lunch. You are waiting mm. there for the whole day mm. and people are just dragging their feet. <laughs> and there's just a, no spirit of motivation mm. in any department. Mm. That should mm. end. Mm. I think people like us who love this country should now stand up and be like, yo, yeah. Guys, we're sick and tired. Let's mm. come together and just do... And we it won't be solved by just us organizing one march one day. No, sure, sure. It's a consistent struggle mm. where if you want to go into this, you must dedicate your the rest of your life mm. to this. Mm. To say, mm. I'm I'm now going to serve my country. Yeah. I loved it when Thibaut Touch said to me last year, so I'm going back to the SABC because it's a government institution. Sure, sure. As much as I'm an entrepreneur, I'm doing well on my own. I'm going back there to go serve my country and go give the best radio that I can give yeah. serving my country using its tools because sure. SABC is a government institution. Yeah. So I believe that's a mindset we should adopt. Let's serve our country. I think, yes, a lot of us are hustlers. Yes, a lot of us want money. A lot of us want to build businesses. But I think right now in the forefront sure. should be Ubuntu and the values in which this country was founded by Botu Pele. Bro, thank you so much for all you've contributed culturally, musically, entrepreneurially, now in terms of digital media. Um, and, you know, this platform is also just about celebrating people and, and what they've done. And you've, you've, maybe more than any other at the moment, living in South Africa, 
taken the meaning of longevity in those industries to an, a new level. So thank you for your support of this platform from when it wasn't doing hundreds of thousands of views. Um, big up to the Hustlers Corner and looking forward to hosting you again and coming on to Hustlers Corner again and yeah, just keeping on building this, these platforms that we've grown out of nowhere and out of nothing. Thank you so much, my brother. And congratulations to the whole team. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you very much for simplifying politics for the rest of us who don't understand politics. Simplifying it, making it easy for us to understand and comprehend continue doing the great work. The work is amazing. And a lot of people who have got um, your, your achievements or your status, they would rather um, you know, brag at us about how intelligent they are or, or what they've achieved as opposed to them coming down to our level and simplifying such complicated information and making it easy for us to comprehend. That is such a brilliant job that you're doing. So may you continue doing it. Thank you very much. Thank you, my bro. Appreciate it. Love you guys. I hear you. Mo fire, spread the mo fire. <laughs> the Caesar and Bofu Welsh Experience Podcast. Aye, 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 aye.